<laughs> this is a Bramble Jam podcast. Hi, I'm Bran, and I guess I'm slowly being convinced of the magic of classic Christmas movies. I'm Alonzo, and I'm your sommelier of classic Christmas movies, and this is the Night of My Podcast. Yes, Suri, we're back. Week 15, if my what? math is correct. Wow. Can you believe that? It does fly by. It does fly by. by. Does fly by. Uh, how you doing, buddy? Doing good? I'm doing excellent. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I have to say that I'm so glad you thought of this because I think it's, I think both of us needed something to kind of like give us just a little taste of the holidays for the first, you know, six months of the year. And, uh, and this is, this has done the trick. Even though I made you watch Fred Claus? Even though you made me watch Fred wow. Claus. So kind of you. See anything <laughs> good recently? You watched anything fun? Uh, yeah, there is a uh, there's a Netflix right now has this great new uh, Richard Linklater movie, and it's called Apollo Ten and a Half: A Space Age Childhood, and it's his third animated film. But if you weren't crazy about the first two animated films he did, because they're kind of trippy and what weird, are the first two? Uh, Waking Life and A Scanner Darkly. Uh, these are way. This is way more approachable, and it's really charming. It's 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 very much his kind of like childhood nostalgia movie. It's about growing up in the suburbs of Houston in the late 60s when like the space race was going on and it seemed like the future was just going to be this perfect, you know, limitless thing because science was going to make it all possible, you know, and all the buildings were new and shiny and um just, you know, it just talks so much about like being the youngest in a big family, which I was. And like, he's a, he's a little bit older than me, but I really could relate to a lot of his memories. And it's just one of those things. It's like when you watch like, you know, Crooklyn or Roma or Belfast, just one of those movies where a director kind of revisits his own childhood. Like the, the more specific they get, the more universal it becomes. And I, I really think that applies here. So it's a movie I, I like a lot. I don't think Netflix is really pushing it real hard, but I definitely recommend it. Apollo 10 and a half. Yeah, I think I saw you post, you did a review on it, right? I did. It looked, the picture that was in the thing looked like uh, the Buzz Lightyear movie that's coming out. <laughs> well, yeah, it was a, it's a, the, 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 there's, a, there's a plot line of the movie where the kid is talking about how, well, actually, I did this secret NASA expedition before the real moon landing because they wanted to test it out with a kid because they had accidentally built a rocket ship that was too small. Wow. Um, and so there's a whole, th yeah, there's a whole like training montage and the, the picture from the movie is him like upside down and one of those sort of like vomit comet things. Um, but yeah, it's, it's rotoscoped, you know, which is like where you take, where you shoot video, you shoot film or video, and then you kind of trace on top of it. Huh. Uh, but it's, but again, it's, it, it's, it's, it, it, it works in the story that he's telling. All right. All right. I'll give it a watch. I'll give it a watch. Yeah. I think you'll like it. I uh, just saw Coda. Uh-huh. Oh man. Just did it for me. Just, just did it for me, Alonzo. The, the, the best picture of the year, according to the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. I mean, I haven't seen all of them, obviously, but <laughs> if, if tears are the measure of uh, uh, best picture, then I get, I mean, I can only imagine it has to be that. It, it was not mine, but you know, I, I get why people like it. <clears throat> did you enjoy it at all? I, yes, I did. I think there's some really good performances. My, it's weird. My problem with the movie was I felt like that every time it could have been 
sort of deeper about plot or character. It sort of took the path of we're going to be the feel good movie of the year. Mm. We're going to make people cry. We're going to be, you know, and I think that 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 undercuts its best uh, aspect. However, probably a great way to win awards, apparently. So what do I know? There you go. There you go. I mean, maybe it's like the you know, the Hallmark lover in me, but I liked it. I like, uh, I know, like that everything ended up, you know, just making me I, happy. I have seen people compare it to Hallmark movies. I've seen Hallmark people resent the comparison. Uh, I see where that's Hallmark people are resenting it, huh? Yeah. They, they think that it's reductive to, to, to call it that, but I'm like, mm, it's, I can see the outline of where those two things parallel maybe. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. I'm ready. We are uh, going back in time again. Yes. We have been, we're out of the forties. Uh, yes. we were in, when was Scrooge? Was Scrooge 50, 51, 51. I want to say. Okay. So that's, yeah. we're just barely in the fifties. Let's see where we, where we are. This so we're, we're moving up to 1957. Look out. We are, we are in beautiful color and cinemascope for this one. So that should be exciting. Uh, we did it everybody. In- we did it. <laughs> this is a movie that I, I grew up loving, and um, it wasn't necessarily treated like a Christmas movie when I was a kid, but there's a big Christmas chunk of this movie. So again, this is a film that's set over a period of time, but Christmas plays a big role. And so it's a movie that, that Dave and I go back and watch every Christmas, and a lot of people I know love it and are into it. And I've heard the Double Deckers, you know, when it's come up in the, on the page, the, a lot of them are fans too. Does this air um, on TCM during the holiday season? It very frequently does. Yes. Um, it is a film called desk set. It stars the never heard of us, the legendary Hollywood team of Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy. Okay. I know uh, one of those. You have some idea who they are. Okay. They did a lot. They did a lot of films together, comedies and dramas. Um, and you know, had a whole sort of complicated off camera, uh, connection (laughs) as well. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. As you do. Um, so this is a film that is set in the early years of computers. Um, this is back when like, like think hidden figures, like when a computer was like the size of a room. Right. Right. Um, and so it's about a, a research department at a network that is run by Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy plays the efficiency expert computer whiz guy who comes in to install a computer in the department and the people who work there think, oh no, we're going to be fired because of this computer. But, you know, wackiness ensues and there's a big, big Christmas party back in the days of like, you know, the office Christmas party when they were, you know, pretty, pretty wild. Um, so yeah, this is a, it's a very, it's very witty. It's very colorful. Uh, the, the, the performances are a lot of fun. The, the leads are great, but there's a lot of really great, um, uh, comedic second bananas that we'll talk about. Um, so yeah, I think you're going to enjoy this. I hope you find it Christmassy enough, but I do know you'll have a good time. I got to be honest, I did not expect to have a computer movie from the 50s. <laughs> so uh, we're doing it, everybody. I got to fill that on your bingo card. Absolutely. <laughs> the 50s computer movie. You got it. I've never heard of this title. I feel like right. you sh- I, like most of them so far, I have at least heard the title sure. once. I don't know if I've ever heard this title before. Okay. Well, I, 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 as like, as I always like to say, I envy you getting to see it for the first time because it's a movie I really enjoy. All right. Well, I'm going to go watch it. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back and we'll break the movie down here on Dyke the Hallmark. And we're back. We're talking desk set. Yeah. 
Yes, we are. I, I second guessed myself because I got it wrong right before I played that little jingle. And then I was like, <laughs> what was the wrong way and what's the right way? But I got it because I'm a pro and everyone yeah, knows that. We get there eventually. It's fine. Uh, Alonzo, <laughs> I'm very excited to break this down with you. Um, yes. I just got done watching it literally like an hour ago. Okay, uh, okay. I mean, I watched it in the break. People, uh, right, yes, you two guys, seconds ago. You yes. guys know how it goes. Um, but I'll let you do a, a synopsis for everybody who maybe didn't get a chance to watch it this week, and maybe sure. this is how they want to consume it. <laughs> uh, desk set opened in U.S. theaters on May 15th, 1957, and it went a little something like this. Richard Sumner is a methods engineer, but what that really means is that he is one of the first computer inventors. Uh, he has created a 1950s room-sized computer called Emirac. He's been brought in uh, to a TV network that happens to be located at 30 Rock, but is not NBC, to come in and install this device in the research department which is run by Bunny Watson. They answer all the questions at the network. They tell people about, you know, everything from sports scores to, uh, you know, uh, poisons that can't be traced. Um, Richard spends a lot of time there, hanging out with Bunny and the, the three other women who make up the department. Um, clearly the two of them are hitting it off, but she is still waiting for a proposal uh, from uh, a network VP that, that she runs around with. Um, but, you know, he's, uh, he's got cold feet. Come to Christmas time and it's time for a holiday party. And it's the 50s, which means everybody is drunk <laughs> before 10 a.m. Um, and, you know, there's dancing and there's music. There's bongo drums. Um, it's looking like maybe Richard's going to finally make his move on Bunny. And then they find out that no, no, no. Emirac is coming into the research department ah. and everybody thinks, oh, great, we're sunk. We're going to lose our jobs to this electronic brain that's coming in. But as it turns out, no, 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 they, the, the Emirac is just there to help out. Uh, he had to keep why he was there a secret all along because it's a very gossipy office building and there's a grapevine where people are constantly calling each other and telling each other stuff and they didn't want the stock to go up. So everything works out okay. Richard and Bunny are going to be a thing. Emirac is going to be the third branch of their love triangle because that's just how it is. And that, my friends, was Desk Set. Fantastic. <laughs> I feel like I just watched it all over again. Uh, <laughs> let's break it down. Let's share hot takes, how we felt about the movie. Alonzo, I'll start with you. Uh, I would do want to know when you saw it for the first time, but then also what you think about it. I was a little kid. Um, this is one of those movies that came on television a lot when I was a kid. And so for years, I saw it not only like broken up with commercials, but this is a cinemascope movie. And, and you know, it is very much using the anamorphic frame. There's a lot of split screen where people are talking on the phone to each other. Mm -hmm. And uh, back in the day before, you know, there was such a thing as letterboxing and whatnot, they would just sort of what they do, what they call pan and scan. So like if there were two people talking on the phone, they would pan over to one of them and then they pan over to the other one. And right. you'd see maybe somebody's hand coming in on the side. It was always very clunky. So getting to see it the way it's supposed to be, was a real treat. Anyway, it's a movie I've loved since childhood. It's very witty. It is written by, I don't know if you noticed this, Nora Ephron's parents. Oh. 
uh, Henry and Phoebe Efron uh, were the were the writers of this movie, huh. and so so Nora Efron is a is a second generation Hollywood, um, and yeah, so it's it's just you know uh, obviously Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn, one of the screen's great couples, this is one of like nine films I think they did together, and uh, yeah, it's 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 funny and it's fast, and you know computers used to be that big, <laughs> and um, you know and Christmas office parties used to be that nuts and so yeah this is a movie i i just adore and even though it is not technically a christmas movie it has enough christmas action going on where i think it it you know makes a great sort of seasonal choice i mean the christmas party is like half the movie so yeah i think it's exactly it's a good chunk um so up until the christmas party starts mm -hmm. i wasn't totally into it Okay. But then something, maybe it's the Holly and the Jolly of the Christmas, but everything seemed to click once the mm. Christmas party uh, started. I, I started, like, the characters, I liked them more. Yeah. <laughs> the, whole, the whole thing felt better to me. So I don't know if it's just my love of Christmas or it just took me a little bit, a little bit of time to just feel it out. Um, sure. But from Christmas party on, uh, an absolute delight. Um, there's a lot of really fun things about this movie. I thought yeah. usually, you know, I'm so used to now credits at the end of the movie that <laughs> I, it always catches me by surprise. I'm like, why is this still happening? Oh, I know why. <laughs> this is because it's a, um, but this was really cool. The credits at the beginning of this movie were very cool. Like I thought yeah. it was uh, just like a, a cool way to, to start it and keep with the theme. Um, and I did think, you know, some of the, the thing like split screen and stuff like that was really cool. I thought the computer like the was really fun at the end. It was just <laughs> lo a lot more like the fact that when, when they pull the, the plug or the red button or whatever, mm. confetti pops out, it looks like, or something. Punch card. Yeah. Punch cards. They're just popping out. It's all colorful and fun. Like it was like very, it felt like they were very aware that this was going to be a, a color movie and there was yes. a lot of color. Like it just really oh, yeah. popped. Like I thought it was really beautiful. Like a lot of the Christmas tree is beautiful. The Christmas decorations were beautiful, but also the set pieces themselves that the, the movie was revolving around were really beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, th this is that period where, you know, one of the things about CinemaScope was like, you're not going to get this on your black and white TV at home, yeah. you know, and that's what like movies were really afraid they were losing their audience to television. And so they were going out of their way to like, yeah, widescreen and color, like just rich, rich color. And so, yeah, just like the the outfits at the Christmas party. I mean, like there are some yep. reds in there that are just not found in nature that are great. Um, I love the the 50s offices, like the network president's office. Oh. It's that kind of mid-century stuff that's going on. Well, and also you know, their um, office is really mm, yeah. cool. Like the the, the, the balcony, not balcony, but the, the upper the, the, area. The, yeah, the loge or whatever, the, the second story. Like the, <laughs> the gold with the numbers and the letters on it. Like it just looks so yeah. cool. It looks so Hepburn's cool. apartment is yeah. very you know mod um so yeah there's a lot to look at and and i just you know i i like that scene of the two of them where he's giving her the quiz on the roof in the winter yeah. is hilarious like yeah. that is it's so well written and there's such a great give and take with them like that that's a scene that i quote all the time and the callback at towards the end is really good too where yes. she asks him the question and right like, uh the party was really fun uh yeah. i don't think this has to hold the record for the most champagne pops in a movie. Like, 
they just kept popping. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot, a lot of pops. But uh, what all I was thinking about is, there, so there's a scene where they start in the main area mm. and go into her office. Yeah, and I'm I'm fairly certain it's all one shot. And out in the open, she pours a glass of champagne. She pops it, pours a glass, drinks it, goes into her office, pops another bottle of champagne, <laughs> pours that, and the and it's a glass, so you can see it. Yeah. And all I'm thinking is, this must have been such a pain to have to reshoot, because oh, continuity wise, yeah, because you have to get new bottles of champagne to pop. <laughs> Yeah, like it's just it was just fun to see like these things that I just thought were really cool to, and, to and, this. And, and the the way that like sort of you know booze culture of the 1950s, I would I would totally believe that you could probably buy a pink fluffy bunny that you unzip the back and there's a bottle of champagne in it. Like that would just be a thing that you could get at the liquor store, you know? Yeah. All I kept thinking is this is an HR nightmare. <laughs> so oh, this yeah. whole party is a nightmare. <laughs> No question. Yeah, that we we passed this way, but once the the Christmas office Christmas party will never ever be like that again. I, and did I understand correctly that her friend did she essentially like seduce the the guy's boss to give the that guy a raise so that he would finally or a promotion so that he would finally propose to her friend? Are you tracking? Like the guy got a pro, the guy got a promotion. At the at uh-huh. the Christmas party, right? Um, and the way that they find that she finds out is that she gets a call from her friend who's in oh, with no. the head honcho, and like, okay, no, 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 I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Mike Cutler. That's that's yeah. the, the gig young character. No, what happens is, uh, the the secretary of the president. It just has some random dude. She's sitting on some random dude's lap, like some okay. guy from legal or accounting or whatever, and is informing her, "Hey, this just happened, and he's on his way down to tell you." Gotcha. So again, that's the whole I thought. I thought that that guy was like the head honcho no, at the business, no, 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 and no. she's like, "I finally got. I worked my magic. Your, your guy got no, a promotion." No, 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 no. She just had. She just had the tea. She got had the, she, she she got got the, the news early. Is yeah, all. That's funny. Um, but yeah, I thought the movie was a delight. Uh, and I think rewatching it, I would really enjoy the whole thing. I think it just took me a little yeah. while. To, to and you know, it, again, it's one of those, it's one of those 1950s movies that is weirdly dated in certain ways in terms of like, again, like the computer itself is gigantic and, and, and just the, 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 the standards of, of what, you know, behavior at a Christmas party, but it's also kind of a cool movie where you have like, you know, Hepburn and Tracy, who were very established at that point, Joan Blondell had been, who plays uh, Peg, um, She'd been around since like the 30s. She she was like a big star of like early talkie musicals like Gold Diggers of 1933 and like this very accomplished, you know, comedian and singer and dancer. But then like you have Dina Merrill uh, and it's her first movie, the who plays Sylvia, the 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 the, the tall blonde. Mm. Um and so she's just getting her career started and she actually becomes like a major presence in the fifties and sixties, uh, in film and TV. So it's just, it's kind of cool when, when you see that kind of mix of, of folks in a movie. Um, and just, uh, the whole thing with, uh, Smithers, every time Smithers shows up talking about personnel files and, and the whole thing with his terrible mother-in-law and the car and the pouring rain, like, I don't know, there's just, there's a lot of set pieces in this movie that make me laugh. I still am is was this a thing people like so can people 
was there a line that people could literally just call and get any information? Like it was well, Google the, before well, Google. The, yeah, exactly. This they are Google before Google. Well, this is within the company. Like they're so like they. So they that line was only network. for people in the company. It wasn't exactly. So why it wasn't are, just. Yeah, it wasn't like the public, although the public library, I think it does have a thing where you can call and ask those kind of questions, but they're just, these are for people who are like somebody in the news department needs to know blah, 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 or somebody who's writing a show about, you know, Eskimos or whatever, and they need this information from But the, who from was that. calling and asking to read the, it was the night before Christmas? Well, that was just drunk people in the building. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, you know. Uh, there like, are other uh, employees who were, you know, getting, they were popping their own champagne bottles on their own floor. You know? Wouldn't it be nice to just be read to right now? Uh, I'll call the research department. They'll do it. Don't worry. They'll do it. The, 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 the whole thing at the end where the computer is spitting out um, the curfew shall not ring tonight poem and, and Catherine Hepburn is just like giving it the most sort of hammy, uh, uh, you know, uh, reading, you know, like performance. It's, it's just, I, I, I uh, it just makes me happy. Yeah. The computer, the computer was fantastic. The big, yeah. big, big one. Um, all right, let's talk Christmas spirit. Let's talk about feels. Um, how'd you feel like this movie did with the Christmas? Obviously it, a large part of it takes place at a Christmas party, but, uh, how, yeah. did, how did it make you feel? You know, it's not like, again, as I said before, it's not wall to wall Christmas, but boy, when it gets Christmas, it like it, it, it digs in, you know, so like there's the big, there's the, you get the, obviously the Rockefeller center tree, you know, the, the, that year's version of it. Um, but just like that whole swinging party and their little tree in the office and those like just gorgeous kind of gold foil gifts and, and, um, you know, the, the big scarf they give, uh, uh, Spencer Tracy. And yeah, I, I would, I'd say this is a solid eight on the Christmas feels for me. I agree. I think it's right around that eight number. It, it, the, I think the colors popping helps mm. a lot too. Sure. Like the Christmas tree is so cool, but then like all the gifts under it, like just are yeah. so beautiful. And, uh, the Christmas music is great. You got somebody, I feel like on the piano during like most of the Christmas party that's just playing Christmas music, which is great. Yeah. No, uh, really hot jazz jingle bells. At yeah. This point. Really hot jazz. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I loved it. And so uh, big Christmas feels uh, for me. I think, an eight, I think an eight is fair. Um, all right. Recommendations. I'm so, glad, I'm so glad you saw this movie. Like I, I th this is what I want to do this show for is to get you to see this stuff that I know you're going to have a good time. You're not in the, this podcast for Fred Claus. <laughs> I misunderstood. Oh, I, I'm also, I'm also into the, the discussions that we get to have after the film. After you Fred pick, Claus. For sure. Yes. Um, any comparisons for you? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Billy Wilder's 1960, The Apartment, which won Best Picture and was actually like the last black and white movie to win Best Picture, I think, until Schindler's List. But huh. uh, it also has a big, crazy office Christmas party, although because in keeping with the rest of the film, it's a much darker tone. It's, 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 this one is the like, woohoo, fun. And that one's kind of like seedy and you know like oh you guys have drinking problems and you're probably <laughs> like really being terrible to the women in the office uh but it you know captures that 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 feel again which that was a moment and we're not doing that anymore <laughs> i did get the feeling like in this movie that everything even though there was a lot of alcohol, they made it feel like everything was on the up and up. And I'm like, I'm not buying it for a second. Uh, yeah. Not buying it. They, they're, they're, they're keeping it up. They're keeping it up. Um, I'm going to go with a Disney channel, original movie called smart house. 
it's okay. it's not a Christmas movie, but the computer in this movie and like the we're we're going into this whole new thing. It's going to change everything. Gave uh, me smart house veals because it's basically like this person creates a house. It's it's really like Alexa before Alexa, but like all encompassing. Like the whole sure. she controls the whole house, but then she the she ends up becoming like embodied. <laughs> It's not great, but it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. So the the giant computer in this movie gave me smart house feels. So that's what I'm going to do for all the smart house fans out there. That's what I'm going to okay. give. Um, I'll, I'll allow it. Thank you. I know you're going to go out and run, run to your Disney Plus and uh, start streaming it. I know you are. Well, I, the, the other one that comes to mind, I mean, it's, it's, if we're going to talk about computers that take yeah. over people's lives, there's a there's a great, there's an 80s movie that I love. It's not great, but I, it's one that I like a lot called Electric Dreams. But unfortunately, it is like, it's never streaming because it's got this really great soundtrack that apparently nobody ever bothered to clear the rights to. So <laughs> I don't know if we're ever going to get to see it on streaming. You can probably find it on YouTube. People sort of shove it up there every so often. And it's a really fun, it's a very 80s movie about a guy who buys a PC that like takes over his life. I mean, Electric Dream just sounds 80s. <laughs> Electric Dreams? Dreams, yeah, 1984. You can, you can rent it right now. Really? On oh, on, wow. on Vudu or Amazon. Vudu's the cheapest. No stuff. way. Okay. Yeah. For a long time you couldn't get it. So all right. So that's that's my secondary. But this I'm is crazy. Vudu is significantly cheaper for renting and buying this movie. You can hmm. buy it for ten ninety nine on Vudu or it's twenty dollars on Amazon. Wow. How about that? There you go. I'm just trying to help out the people with a quick with a quick <laughs> Google. Um, all right. I'm gonna tell people uh, what we're watching next week. Yes, sir. Hang on. Buckle up, pal. Next week, we're finally doing it. I've waited long enough, and I can't wait anymore. We are going to be talking about one of the best Christmas movies of all time. I don't care what anybody says. We're going to be watching The Polar Express. You're welcome, everybody. It's on Netflix right now. Other things, The Polar Express. We're doing it. All right. Okay. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. I, I'm sure I will. I'm gonna, sure I will. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be so fun. I can't wait for you for you to just When have you ever led me astray? That's right. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> um, well, that's it for today. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Deck the Homework and we'll be back next Monday with another edition of 25 Weeks Until Christmas. It's been or 25 mo- weeks of whatever. Weeks of Christmas. <laughs> yeah, whatever it's called. Um, it's been so much fun. I can't wait. Uh, until then, maybe the first to wish you a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Deck the Hallmarks of Bramble Jam podcast. It's presented by Philo TV. It's produced by Brandon Gray and recorded live in, yeah, that Greenville, South Carolina. Set decor is by Plum at Haywood Mall. For more information on Deck the Hallmark, you can go to deckthehallmark.com. For more information on Bramble Jam podcast network, you can go to bramblejampodcast.com. You're about to hear some ads that help keep the lights on here at the studio. Feel free to listen. Feel free to turn it off, whatever you want to. But either way, thanks so much for your support.